Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and the 49ers lose a yucky one, man. I don't, I don't know what other word works there, but uh, I feel like yucky is exactly how I feel. I, I'd use a lot more four-letter words right now uh, <laughs> if my son wasn't listening, but that's okay. Uh, the 49ers lose 29-22 to in the craziest ending of a game. Uh, yes, lots of games come down to the last play of the game. Uh, four of the last five games for the 49ers have come down to the last play as time expired. This one came down to the final two because you get the touchdown reception as what it was called on the field, and then they reversed it, and then they had two seconds left somehow, and then they get the touchdown denied, and then it gets reversed again, back-to-back reversal calls. Uh, against the refs to get the win. So the Falcons win 29 to 22. So we're going to focus on a lot this episode. One, just get some stuff off our chest and let us know what's going on. But also, a couple other things. One, we, we got to say, the 49ers are in the playoffs now. The 49ers <laughs> walk backwards into the playoffs is the phrase that they use a lot of times because guess what? Um, the Rams lost, and so there's now not a statistical way possible. Even if the 49ers lose their last two games, we are in the playoffs. So first off, let's just step back and say, all right, the 49ers 11-3, worst case scenario 11-5. Nobody had the 11, 49ers going 11-5 to start the season. Nobody did. Uh, I thought nine wins was going to be our cap. You got to be pleased we are in the playoffs. Now, also good news, staying with playoffs. The 49ers still 100% control their destiny for the playoffs. If the 49ers win their next two games, no matter what else happens, the 49ers will still be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. <laughs> That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, does it suck that we lost this game? Hell yeah, it does. Um, and we're going to go over lots of reasons why we lost this game, and you guys can probably attest to many of those. But and, and here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to tag me, uh, my live listening crew, um, at John, and then say the number one reason why we lost. I'm very, very curious to poll what you guys think is the number one reason that cost us this game. I have my own you know, ideas that I want to bring to this, but I want to know what you guys say. Uh, so at John Chapman, and then tell me what cost us this game. One thing individual. Don't pick two or three things. One thing that cost us. It could be a player. It could be a coach. It could be uh, this individual play. Whatever. So start getting those. We'll go through those in a second. But let's look. 
look now at the playoff seedings. The 49ers currently, we drop to the fifth seed. We've done this before, right? The Seahawks and 49ers have jumped back and forth between one and five seed four straight weeks. So, 49ers are 11-3. and three. We are the five seed. If the playoffs were today, we would be playing against the Cowboys at the Dallas Cowboys uh, for the wild card round of the playoffs. However, if we went out, at worst, we will tie everybody else in the division, which would put us ahead of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, still would put us ahead of them just because of the divisional and the conference uh, record because we are currently tied with everything despite them beating us once. So if we beat the Seahawks, um, then we would, one, have a better record than them because they're 11-3. and three. Two, we'd have a better division record against them. And three, we would also have a better conference record so we would win every single tie break. Theoretically, there is still a, a universe <laughs> where the 49ers could lose next week versus the Rams and then win versus Seattle Seahawks and still be the one or two seed. That's still a possibility. Nobody wants that, but it is what it is. Um, so uh, we are in the playoffs, and we own tiebreakers against everybody We we if we beat the Seahawks. We would own it against the Seahawks. We'd own it against the Packers. We would own it against the Saints. So any ties that are there, because right now the Saints haven't played yet, uh, we are all going to be 11-3 and three, probably. If the Saints lose, then whatever. But we have the tiebreaker against everyone. Now there is a world where um, you know if we do lose one more game, you can't lose the Seattle Seahawks game. If you lose that, you cannot win the division, no matter what. Even if the Seahawks lose next week and then beat us, um, Seattle Seahawks would be win the division. We would be the wild card team. Uh, there is a way that we could finish as the sixth seed, however, and have to play the Saints. If we lose the next two games and go 11-5 and five, and the Minnesota Vikings win the next two weeks, that would bump us down to the sixth seed. Um, not that that really matters. The difference is you're going to play the Saints or the Packers instead of the Cowboys. So... Uh, not ideal, but that's what it is. So those are the playoff things. Uh, those are kind of the playoffs revealings. 49ers are just fine. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I feel gross. I, I really, really do. I hated the way that game unfolded at the end. So many missed opportunities from everybody. But it, there's still lots of opportunities. So here we go. Let, let's let's get into therapy. Uh, bring it. I, I want to know what you guys think. What is it that cost us this game? Right here, Fred. Um, if we play like this, we don't deserve shit. Witherspoon is trash. Yeah, he he had an awful game. Witherspoon is not good in man coverage. That is just a fact. Um, he is good vertical. He is not good horizontal. And every single time that they matched Julio up against um, Julio uh, Julio Jones versus Witherspoon, it was an automatic first down, and Witherspoon was nowhere in the frame. Um, yeah, he, he played terrible. Uh, Kello Witherspoon played awful. Emmanuel Mosley played pretty damn well, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, some of Julio's best plays were against Emmanuel Mosley, but at least he was in coverage. Um, this is concerning. Yeah, I agree with you guys. This is concerning. Uh, for the first time in about a month, uh, the offense just left me scratching my head continuously. In the first half, the play calling was trash. It was trash. Uh, there was zero creating on the offensive side, which Kyle Shanahan, I think, is the best offensive coach of football. Uh, at worst, he's a 
top three. First half was trash. Second half was much better. You know, the 49ers come out, and at least we get some points a little bit late in the second half. And I guess, man, you know, now that I think about it, the only touchdown really that we got in the second half was off of the fumbled punt. So maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, I'm going to go through both films, and I'll do my breakout on my Patreon account if you guys want to see those. Um, you know, there's definitely some good things to take away from this game, but there's a lot more bad things. And whenever you go back through film, which the, the NFL will release the coach's film on Tuesday, which is whenever I'll start the offensive breakdown on Tuesday, defensive breakdown on Wednesday. Again, head over to Patreon. Uh, it's an app, or you can go online to patreon.com. Type in 49ers Rush Podcast if you want to join and see those. Uh, but anyway, we'll have podcasts later on in the week. Um, so here we go. Bogus pass interference against Ward cost us the game. Uh, it was a coin flip. I really do think that more bad calls went against the Falcons. Falcons had 11 penalties for 98 yards. We had seven for 67, and over half of those yards came on that one pass interference. Yeah, um, probably should have left a flag in the pocket on that one, but, yeah, I mean, he almost caught it anyway. <laughs> it's what it is. But, yeah, I didn't like that call either. Where was Emmanuel Sanders? Emmanuel Sanders' body language was awful all game. It was terrible because, I mean, he was jumped off sides on a key play. <laughs> and that play was designed to go to him, I'm pretty sure. That's why he sprinted out of the, the blocks there before he was going. Um, missed a route, just didn't even see the ball coming his way. He did not want to. I don't know if he was sick. I don't know what it was. He didn't want to be out there for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. I, I love Emmanuel Sanders. We need him for the long run. That was it was It was bad. I'm with you, Fred. That, that was awful. Nick, now what? You regather and you go back to the basics. It's gut check time. And the good thing is you now have a home game against a division rival um, who still has playoff chances but not against us. They can still – the Rams can still be in the playoffs if they win their next two games and the Vikings lose their next two games. They just can't beat us for the five seed. So if we tie, even with our record, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're, we can't tie them. We're ahead of them by a full game now. So um, we've got to come back and go. You know, the Los Angeles Rams are, are coming to our house, division opponent, and you've got to smack them in the face. you got to make a statement because it's been bad. It's been bad. And so, yeah, that's one thing. You just got to go back to the basics. Establish the run, gut check time, and let's get let's get close. That was a rough one to watch. I'm with you, X. Uh, that was tr that was rough, man. Uh, we did come out healthy. I don't think there was one injury for the 49ers. I could be wrong, and you know, um, Kyle Shanahan didn't mention one. I missed the first five seconds of the the press conference. I go watch it after this, but yeah, no injuries really from our standpoint. Um, so that's great news. And the two best things you can take away from this game, I agree, Niner by nature. One, we still control our destiny for the one seed. Not for the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. So that's number two. One, we control our destiny. Two, we're in the playoffs. Three, we're completely healthy out of this game. No injuries during this game, which is key. So we've just got to <laughs> we've got to step up. Um, how was the Julio catch reviewed if it wasn't a touchdown? That is a good question, Ortiz. Um, so it, it, any play can be reviewed within two minutes. So that was the kind of call there. Um, and so they stopped the, the clock there and went in to review it. And probably rightfully so. It was a touchdown. I do agree with 
the review there. But it pissed me off. I'll tell you that. Um, if you guys were watching the live broadcast over on Hot Mike, first off, thank you. We had a pretty awesome crowd and a lot of great comments going on over there. That was a lot of fun. I'll be broadcasting every 49ers game um, the rest of the season and through playoffs. So head over to Hot Mike. Uh, download the app. It's on Android. It's on everything. Use the promo code or invite code RUSHESF, R-U-S-H-E-S-F. So head over there. Uh, JP, he says the defense is to blame. Yeah, you gave up 29 points. Now the last six is misleading, but 23 points, that is kind of key. And if we look at what the Falcons were able to do, the thing that pissed me off the most, seven of 13 on third down conversions. And a lot of that was the man coverage on the back end. We could not guard one player. You let one player beat you today. That's that's all it is. Julio Jones beat the 49ers. And, you know, if the 49ers won, you could have said the same thing on the other side, that George Kittle beat the Falcons, but he didn't. Julio Jones goes 13 catches, 134 yards, and two damn touchdowns. You let one guy, and you didn't make any adjustments, and you didn't do anything to take one player out of the game. Yeah, Julio's all world. You can make the argument he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. You can make the argument he's the best wide receiver in 20 years. Don't care. I'm taking away your best threat. That's all there is to it. And our defense doesn't do that. And our defense pass rush was trash. We got one sack. Oh, we got two sacks. Bosa got one, and Sheldon Day got one. That's it. That's trash. The pass rush was terrible. And here's the deal. I'm going to wait. I'm about to get mad. (laughs) I'm about to get mad. Yeah, Nick, no pass rush. You see me, I calm myself down. My wife would be proud of me. Um Offensive line performance. The interior offensive line could not block one person. Again, we allowed one person on defense to shut us down, Grady Jarrett. We allowed one person on offense to shut us down, Julio Jones. And that's coaching. If you can't, there's 11 people out there. If you can't adjust and beat one person, then that's on you. Um, Kyle Shanahan, conservative play calling cost us the game. In the first half, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, the second half, he goes for it. And here's the thing. If George Kittle, and nobody wants to blame George Kittle for the game. I'm not doing that at all. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> George Kittle is amazing. But that fumbled play at the end of the game cost us. If He would he would have had the first down with ease, and he just dropped the ball. He was just carrying it one in the wrong arm. And a big reason why you don't carry it in that one is you don't want to run into uh, the way you're running. You don't want the ball because it hits your body too much. You carry it in the off, off one. It just takes a lot of pressure off the ball so um that that was key if he would have got the first down there game probably would have been over but um yeah that that was a big one I didn't like the conservative play calling at all passing defense yeah that was not uh good at all and it wasn't the safeties I really don't Marcel Harris uh, played very very well I think Jimmy Ward played well um, I think Emmanuel Mosley would have been the player of the game we didn't hear DJ Reed's call name at all they weren't really going after him it was a Kello Witherspoon, and it was just lack of initiative by the defensive play calling. Uh, zero creativity. You've got to go over during your week. All right. Hey, coach, what happens if Julio Jones is going all crazy like Julio Jones does? Oh, we're just going to stay in our same set. Oh, really? We're not going to adjust anything? No, no, we're just going to stay in our same set the whole time. Yes, the whole time. What if it's the last play of the game on the five-yard line? What are we going to do? Oh, no, we're just going to put one guy on Julio Jones. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing there? I believe in the system. I believe in the cover three. I love it. I love the defensive scheme, and I like Robert Sala. But he is not a 
adjustment coach. You know, the thing that makes Bill Belichick, besides the cheating, so great is he is able to adjust on the fly and take away what you're trying to do. And we don't do that. <laughs> we really, really don't. We just say, oh, no, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Really, you don't want to change anything? Nope, just stay with it. We're good. Um, here we go. Um, every third stroke great. That's a great name there. Uh, we lost because our offense got centered around Kittle. We can't go that one-dimensional. Yeah, both teams did the exact same thing, and you got to give props to Kittle. 13 catches, 134 yards, but no touchdowns. And that's kind of the difference in the game. Both teams, uh, you know, Julio had 13 for 130, and Kittle had 13 for 130, but we just didn't get the touchdowns. We, we just didn't get it. So uh, we lost because... Um, we let Ryan to keep plays alive on that first drive, on that last drive. Yeah, it, that was bad, man. It was bad. The defense should win the games. I, I believe that. And Kyle Shannon even said this. Look, I wasn't going to go for it on fourth and two. If it was fourth and one, maybe, but it was fourth and two. And I didn't. I wanted them to force to drive the whole length of the field against our defense. And here's, okay, now I'm going to get into mine. And this is where I think which cost us the game. Kyle Shanahan had the right attitude. We're going to punt it to them and force them to drive the ball the length of the field against our defense. Robert Sala, however, chose not to do that. He went into a prevent defense mode. We had a 10-plus yard cushion on the outside corner several different times and just allowed them to march down the field. Julio Jones runs like a five-yard slant route, and we're belling. We're belling. The outside corner bells. We just allow him to cross the middle of the field. Nobody's within five yards of him. 20 yards downfield, nobody's within five yards of him. That prevents defense crap. So that's your adjustment. They got to go the whole field. They have one timeout. What are we going to do? Oh, back everybody up. Back them all up, and let's just allow them the cushion to throw underneath. We let them drive the entire field in less than 40 seconds. With ease. Zero contested catches. Zero pressure. Um... No press coverage whatsoever. Oh, man. that If you want to know what really lost the game, in my opinion, is that last defensive series by the coaching staff. You took the players out of the game and just said, oh, don't let them behind you. Prevent defense does one thing. Prevents you from winning the damn game. And it did that today. You play defense. <laughs> There's a reason why you don't go out there and play prevent defense on the first quarter because it doesn't damn work. If you're up by more than one touchdown, then sure. Um, but you're not. You're up six points, and you're only up six points because your damn field goal kicker mixed an extra point. One of my quotes that get, keeps getting thrown back in my face, and I appreciate it because I think it proves my point. I said if we sign Robbie Gold, that's a difference in two games this year. We will win two additional games with Robbie Gold over a replacement kicker. And guess what? We've lost three games because of kicking. Three. Um, you go back to the Ravens' loss. You go back to the Seahawks' loss. Uh, so, real quick, okay? Seahawks. We miss a 47-yarder with our backup kicker. Okay? Then we go to the Ravens. You miss a 48-yard kick. Um, with Robbie Gold. It's in the rain, whatever. Then you go to the Falcons. We miss an extra point because 
our kicker. <laughs> so that's three games. We're 11 and three. Hell of a record. All three losses. Freaking kicker. <laughs> now I would have said special teams, but we got the huge uh, punt return fumble um, with Kyle Uzcheck and Roz Dwelly, who's not getting any more snaps, but he made a hell of a play. So I don't want to blame this on special teams. I want to blame it on the coaching and the kicking. I, I really do think that's the issue. And the fact that we've only lost three games and all three have been at the end of the damn game. Ugh. <laughs> I, I mean, the 49ers can play with anybody, but that's not what we want. We want the 49ers to be the best team out there. We want the 49ers to be a Super Bowl contender, and I think that they still are. But, man, this was the ugliest game the 49ers have had all year. Now, we lost at the last uh, second. Now, the six points by the whatever, uh, throwing the ball around and all that stuff, and they recover it for a touchdown. That's what it is. But uh, why don't you have a play like that called? Like, here's another thing, too, as coach. I don't care if you've coached middle school, high school, college, whatever. You at least practice at some point, hey, there's going to be a time in the year where we're going to have to do this uh, kickoff return with no time left on the clock. Let's at least practice it. 49ers had no clue what the hell to do. They're not prepared for certain situations, and that's coaching. That's just game situation coaching. You have to go over, okay, what happens if this guy's having an all-world day? Okay, here's what we're going to do. What happens whenever we're receiving the ball with no time left on the clock? What are we going to do? Okay, there's no, there's one second left, and we're at the 50. What are we Like, you need to practice those things. And I'm pretty convinced defensively and special teams, we haven't done those things. Um, offensively, I think we have with Kyle Shanahan. But I don't think defensively they plan for those. I don't think special teams. If you go back and watch that special teams return, which whatever, it's a shot in the dark. But still, I think it's a microcosm for what these problems are. We're not prepared. Not prepared. In several different situations. The coaches are not putting their players in the best position to be successful. And it comes from the top. Okay, Robert Sala pissed me off this week, and we still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I'm not trying to say we don't, but it's definitely not looking like what it was. You know, we give up 29 points to the Falcons and 48 points to the Saints. 37, um, and so I'm sorry, 46 points to the Saints. And so here, here's the difference. Okay, the first eight weeks of the NFL season, one team scored 20 or more points. From week nine on. One team hasn't scored 20 points. I I just saw that on my own just by looking at the box score. You're welcome. Uh, it pisses me off even more. So again, weeks 1 through 8, one team scored 20. Weeks 9 through 15, every team but one has scored 20. And that was the Green Bay Packers who have a great offense. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's really, really interesting. Uh, so a couple other things. George Kittle fumble was bad too. Yeah, that was huge. We talked about that one. Um, can you explain the last play was reversed if it wasn't ruled a touchdown at first? Because it's within two minutes. Uh, within two minutes, they can stop and review anything. It has nothing to do. So the rule is the entire game has two sets of rules when it comes to review. Okay, number one... Um, any scoring play or turnover is automatically reviewed. Otherwise, the coach has to challenge it. Okay, now the front, the, the, they can challenge it at any point, but uh, within two minutes, they can challenge anything automatically. So that's why that happened, Ortiz. Good question. Good question. What the hell happened to our other damn wide receivers? The wide receivers didn't have a catch in the second or third quarter. <laughs> we had a catch in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Second and third quarter, no wide receivers. Debo continues to have drops. He's up among the lead leaders in um, 
drops in the NFL. Kendrick Bourne, another huge drop. Uh, it was a tough catch, but still. And, yeah, people are going to blame Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe they have it right. Uh, he goes 22 of 34 for 200 yards, one touchdown. And so so let, let's present both sides of the argument, and you can pick which side you're on, okay? Let's do the pro-Jimmy Garoppolo argument. We have begged this guy to stop making stupid big mistakes that cost us with fumbles and interceptions. He goes out there and has a 90 quarterback rating. No fumbles, no interceptions. He has a great completion percentage, 22 of 34, 200 yards. Didn't cost us the game. But now let's do the con. He didn't win us the game either. He didn't attempt, I don't think, one pass downfield over 20 yards. I really don't think he did. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo completed one 20-yard deep pass. I'm going to look at the stats uh, that have come out tomorrow, and I'll let you know if that's correct. So uh, pro Jimmy side, he didn't cost us the game. Con, he didn't win us the game, and he didn't even try to. And that was going against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. They had three out of five guys out too. We did as well, but they pushed us deep. Uh, we didn't push it deep. I, I, I think that's the problem. So if, if you are the anti-Jimmy crowd, then I, I think that you've got an argument today. But again, no interceptions and no fumbles. And that's what we've been asking for. So, you know, from that point, I just, he didn't feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Uh, look, company, I didn't touch him. <laughs> he didn't look, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look comfortable back there. Um, it's what it is. Why didn't we jam the heck out of them receivers? A double team on Yeah, I'm with you, Russ. I'm with you, Russ. It makes zero sense. And then again, we kept putting freaking Marcel Harris back there as free safety. Uh, they wanted to take Austin Hooper out of the game with Jimmy Ward, which worked relatively well. You know, Hooper didn't have that great of a game. He had three catches for 20 yards. But, man, yeah, at some point you got to put their best player, you got to take them out. Um, Kittle finished the game with 2,780 career yards. This is from just another OEF combat vet. Thank you for your service, sir. Um, beats Dicka record by four yards so far. Yeah, uh, Kittle now owns the record for most receiving yards ever by a tight end through three years. Um, yeah, he's special, and he's not done. He's got two more games left in the regular season, and uh, you look at all the plays that he left on the field with all those damn penalties. I think he had four uh, four touchdowns called back. Uh, we lost because no one came prepared for the coaching staff to the players. Yeah, it was flat. It was flat. I agree with you. Um, and Kyle Shanahan said this. Look, this is the Falcons Super Bowl. <laughs> this is the game. They pulled. A, they had that onside kick that we got lucky right out of halftime with. Elijah Lee got yanked <laughs> off of the uh, kickoff return team. But they should have got that one. This game could have been way worse. Could have been way worse. One, you had the, the onside kick, which they recovered. But because somebody wasn't out there, that's a penalty. That's a loss of a possession. Then they get that huge punt return, 50-plus yard punt return called back on a penalty. That was kind of spotty. Pushed them all the way back against their own goal line. Three, the punt return fumble. You change that one play, uh, that's huge in and of itself. And now we did have that 20-play drive, which was pretty special. But uh, that was aided by a huge penalty. Uh, roughing the passer, which was a good call, but it's still huge. How do we stop the quick passing game? That seems to be how teams neutralize it. Yeah, everybody's doing the same damn thing now. You're right. Uh, Ultimate Boy 999 thank you so much. You are right. Everybody's throwing the ball quick because we play off. We play off. 
Um, Richard Sherman is the guy that likes to get up and press, and he doesn't do it all the time. He does it a lot less than what he used to when he was with Seattle, but he still does it sometimes. But you've got to take that away. You've got to take that away, and we haven't done so. Um, it's it's going to be problematic for sure. Um, has your opinion changed for Coleman? Uh, no, I think Coleman's the exact same guy as I thought he was. Uh, lots of one- and two-yard carries, and then if you give him space, he'll bust a huge one. So the question is with Tevin Coleman, if you want him to be effective, you've got to give him the ball a lot. And he keeps starting the game, which I think is just ridiculous. Uh, Tevin Coleman goes four carries for 40 yards. Um, I'm okay with him getting four carries. You know, the first and se- He came out the first drive, we go three and out. Second half, he comes out first drive, we go three and out. And so anytime he's out there, I don't like it. But if he is going to be out there, you got to give him the carries. He had that one huge explosive run for 37 yards. So he had three carries for three yards and then one carry for 37. And that was a huge explosive, which gave us some points. But there's no doubt Raheem Mostert's the best running back by far. Not only did he go 14 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown, but you, he also had a catch for five yards, and he had two tackles on special teams. <laughs> the guy is doing everything. Um, yeah. It uh, didn't look like Julio had a second foot down until the uh, ball wasn't crossed the goal line. So, uh, Cyber, so if the ball is in bounds, okay, as soon as the defender makes contact with the ball carrier, so it, that's where it matters. So even if Julio Jones' both feet are in the air – and he catches the ball and gets picked up by a defender, then put five yards back. Um, the ball matters as soon as the defender makes contact with them, as long as he is currently established before the catch. Okay, so the, essentially, great question here by Jeremy. Um, so because it was in the middle of the field, Julio was established. He never came in from out of bounds. If he jumps from the goal line you know, out and catches it in the air and his feet aren't down, it doesn't matter, until a player makes contact with him. So as soon as the defender, Jimmy Ward or whomever, touches him, where the ball is at that point, it doesn't even matter if his foot's down or not. The only time the second foot matters is going out of bounds. That's the only time. Uh, Play calling looked vanilla. Yeah, I agree with all these things. Special teams had big plays today. Otherwise, yeah, I'm with you again. I mean, I love you guys. You guys know what the hell you're talking about. I love this. Um, And... It was rough. Um, will this hurt Sayla's head coaching opportunities? A lot of people think he's going to get a head coaching job. The NFL is changing dramatically to a time period where, man, unless you are an offensive play caller, you're not getting a damn job. Um, you have to have some type of – you got to either be good quarterback developer uh, – part of the Kyle Shanahan McVay coaching tree. Um, you've got to be a part of something like that. You look at the, you know, the Denver Broncos and their head coach who went everywhere from the 49ers to the bears. And he put together the best defenses for a decade. Still took him forever to get a head coaching job. So I think Salah still got some time. I don't think that he's ready for a head coaching gig yet just because I don't think teams want to hire defensive-minded head coaches unless they're otherworldly. And you're right. He definitely proved today he is not (laughs) whatever, fill in the blank, but it is what it is. Man, we took a rough uh, spot today in our betting pool. We didn't win either one of them with mybookie.ag, but 
Here's the deal. Uh, we are still up gigantic on the year. We hit back-to-back parlays the last two weeks, but uh, this Niners game cost us today for sure. And again, you look at a 10.5-point favorites, and then you lose by seven. Yikes. That is an 18-point swing. And obviously, the touchdown at the end was key. But mybookie.ag, uh, we're going to have some more bets this week coming up. So use promo code 49ers to sign up. They are the number one betting site on the internet for college football, pro football, sports, basketball, boxing, whatever it is, uh, you can bet on everything. You can bet on badminton over there. And they have the most prop bets of any side as well. So what you need to do is head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. They're going to double your initial deposit, and they have great customer service. If you have any questions, you're not sure how something works, you can call in anytime, 24-7. They are always there to help you. Uh, Love this website and what they do for us. They've been with us for a long time. Really, really appreciate what they do for us. So that's mybookie.ag, the number one sports betting site online. And you can bet from anywhere. Awesome mobile app as well. So mybookie.ag, head over there, use promo code 49ERS. All right. How do you feel about Suggs as a temporary pass rush? I would love to get Suggs. And I know that he came out and said, oh, if people don't let me go to the Ravens, I'm going to just not show up. I don't care. Uh, We are the 31st which is going to reset this week. We won't be the 31st. We're dropping down to like 26th. Um, We'll be like 26th, 27th waiver wire claim. So, yeah, you put him in there. Uh, You put it, and if he wants to retire and just be like a baby and go home, that's fine. You, Yeah, we could use him. Um, We're playoff caliber, and one, I would put a claim in there just to be a dick because I hate people that are like, oh, if life's not perfect for me, then I'm just going to take my ball and go home. So I'm not going to let that happen, especially the Ravens, who are probably the best team in football right now. Um, So let's see here. Coach Timo, uh, John, you pegged this one correctly. Our defense failed to make adjustments. Our offense was lazy. Yeah, um, we got to make adjustments, and we did not do so, and I think that's problematic. Uh, we need Janoris Jenkins after watching Witherspoon. Man, I wouldn't mind. Um, one, I don't want Janoris Jenkins. Uh, I, his talent is legit. But I don't think what he said is welcome in San Francisco's culture. They are probably the most politically correct city in the NFL with what he said. Um, I don't know. Anyway, personally, I want Emmanuel Mosley, and I want Richard Sherman as my outside corners. Um, yeah, and Akella Witherspoon is good. He's just not good against Julio Jones. <laughs> and so, you know, if you look at the game last week, Akello played great. Uh, and he's played great all year. Just maybe not against Julio Jones. Thankfully, we don't have to play against Julio Jones anymore this year. He can't hurt us anymore, guys. He can't hurt us. <laughs> um, we seem to force feed Kittle all night. Um, was it simply because wanted him to break the record? No, it's not what it was at all. Um, they took away our wide receivers. Uh, they were jamming at the line, which they didn't do a lot of. They were playing off-man, uh, which we is tough to throw the slant route against the off-man, which is our favorite route. And so, yeah, uh, we just checked down to Kittle. I think a lot of that was the Jimmy Garoppolo didn't seem comfortable. And after a couple drops, he just got even more um, I guess less comfortable is what I was looking for. So and that it wasn't like the plays were called to Kittle. A lot of those plays were checkdowns where he was the outlet. And so you'd see Garoppolo go through one or two progressions and then check down to Kittle, which that's fine. Again, back to the pro or con Jimmy argument. He didn't make mistakes. 
Okay, I don't think we lost this game because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. 22 for 33 for 34 passes, uh, 200 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, no fumbles. We didn't lose it because of him, but we didn't win it. He didn't win it. He could have won it. Um, and so it, we want the aggressive guy, but whenever he's aggressive and then it goes bad, we're just like, oh, we don't want the aggressive guy. Go back to being just, you know, whatever. And so that that's rough. Um if we claim Suggs, even if he sits out, uh, make that boy retire. Just keep, yeah, I'm with you 100%, Fred. Uh, if 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 we claim Suggs and he wants to retire, fine, no problem. Um, we've got Dante Johnson out there. Uh, I don't mind waving him just to see. Nobody's going to pick him up. We could get him again as we have over and over and over again. Um, anyway, why don't we play press? Yeah, that's a preference. Uh, Akella Witherspoon's just not physical enough. He can't do it. Manuel Mosley will do it some, but what they did a lot of times is whenever um, Julio Jones was on the outside, he'd be it'd be a trips, it'd be a three by one set, and so he could be off the line of scrimmage sometimes, which is going to take that away. But yeah, we've got to be able to press against somebody. And I'm trying to think, you know, if we look at the teams that we're going to play in the playoffs, none of them have a dynamic wide receiver like Julio on the outside. You know, the Saints, Michael Thomas, who I think is uh, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, he plays out of the slot more often than not, and he's not a deep threat. He's an underneath guy. Uh, Cowboys have Amari Cooper, but I don't put him anywhere in that category. You do have Devontae Adams, who that is a guy that is a Julio-like receiver. Seattle Seahawks don't have anybody. The Vikings do have Stephen Diggs and Thielen, but again, they're not overwhelming physical presence uh, on the outside. Um, so there's nobody really in the NFC playoffs that has somebody um, that really concerns me. The two that are similar to Julio, Devontae Adams would be one, and then probably Amari Cooper. But again, Amari Cooper is the JV version, uh, and that's putting it kindly, of um, Julio Jones. And Michael Thomas, who I think is a great receiver, he's a possession underneath guy. He's not a speed guy. He's big. But he doesn't play that way. So anyway, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's a rough night, but there's still some great things. You know, the 49ers still best record in the NFC, still completely control their destiny. But um, we keep saying that, and that's awesome. Start to finish, we've been, you know, right up top. And for the first time, we don't have the best record of football. <laughs> you know, the the Ravens best us by, half, by a game. So... Take that for what you will, but we got lots of good things coming your way, and we will be back on Wednesday on here um, with another podcast breaking down the offense and all those things, and if you want to see that film, the game film, broke down with me over it. We do almost a full hour breakdown on the offense and another full hour on the defense. Uh, you just got to go over to patreon.com, type in 49ers Rush Podcast, come join us over there. That's year-round. We do, uh, obviously, game film each week, two games a week, and then we move into draft coverage and breaking down schemes and stuff in the offseason. I've got some pretty excited news. You know, I, I put up a, a thing about interns, and I just want to say thanks. Uh, I need help with film just because I only have so much time. We're broadcasting eight times a week now, and so it's a lot of time. I have another full-time job as well. Um, so I needed some help. Had 12 people reach out uh, to help cut up film, so I'm hoping to get a lot more of that out. Here's my next request, baby. Here we go. 
I need a social media manager, <laughs> which sounds so douchey. I'm sorry, but um, I need somebody that can help download video. I, basically, here's what you would do, okay? Um, and eventually, this will be a paid position. It's not going to be at the outset. And what's going to happen is all the I'll send out the major videos. The interns splice those up, and they're going to send them to you, and you would be posting those videos all across social media platforms to help grow the podcast. And again, allowing me to put more time into the podcast instead of just clicking and loading stuff. So I need somebody that can handle, you know, Facebook videos, posting videos on Facebook, Twitter, I'm going to start an Instagram because why not? We're cool. Uh, <laughs> things like that. So if you are interested in that again, eventually I would like that to be a paid position relatively soon, but I want to make sure that you're qualified and you can handle all those things. Uh, just email me 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. You can see that on the side there, but again, let me know why you should do that or why I should hire you to do that and what you bring to the table so reach out to me and let's just keep growing this bad boy just because our team had a rough game today uh don't let it get you down and as soon as somebody talks trash tomorrow all you gotta do is say guess what we still control our destiny and we have the best record in the nfc get out my face (laughs) so there it is as always love you guys stay strong faithful Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.